Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now, here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi, and hello, football fans. It's your old pal, Dave. Dave Damashek, what's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com slash Shek. Yes, welcome to the show. It's an exciting day here in Studio 66. He won't be here in person, but just the same. It's always a fun DDFP whenever we get uh, our main man, A.J. Hawk of the Green Bay Packers on the line. We'll be doing that momentarily. In the meantime, much to discuss in the world of football and in the game called life with uh, the man seated directly across from me here in studio 66 you know his work on nfl network and nfl.com right now in fact you can go to nfl.com and read his piece ranking the five greatest super bowl era dynasties of all time and uh, that man is of course elliot harrison what's the poop fellow hey did i make the top five ddfp guess to at least make the top five remember nope. when you had that little contest i nope. didn't make it no nope, you didn't Oh, well, we did do our favorite non-football playing guest. Yeah, you were in the mix for that, come to think of it. Didn't I get beat by Handsome? Handsome Hank won the uh, the, – that was I think that was a listener-voted poll, too. So that that makes it extra painful. It wasn't me just callously making a call to hurt feelings. No, this was was the fan base, the Czech Republic weighing in there. Um, Also – I failed to mention, because I'm not sure if he's going to walk through the door here, after we hang up with A.J. Hawk, a Cowboys legend, that's exciting stuff for you, E.H., as a Dallas Cowboys fan, Nate Newton may or may not walk in here. Maybe we'll play a little Hall or Nothing with him, one of our favorite games. We ask about current and recently retired NFLers and whether or not they're worthy of a gold jacket. Always a fun game to play. Well, so I defer to you on that. Is Nate Newton a Hall of Famer? He's a guard. I don't know. How many guards are in the Hall of Fame? It's it's not a, a glamorous position. It's kind of like safety. It's definitely one of those ones that's tough. I mean, Will Shields waited forever with 12 Pro Bowls. Here's uh, the thing. Here's the thing with guards. And as I've said a million times before, now get ready to hear it for the million and first. I, this thing of offensive lineman evaluation. No one can do it. Not even NFL football players unless they play on the line of scrimmage. I've asked a lot of football players, hey, do you really know 
who's good and who's bad as an offensive lineman? They say, no, nah, not really, unless we're focusing on it in the tape room and really breaking it down and looking at missed blocks. So how could these how could these uh, 58-year-old curmudgeons that do the voting for the Hall of Fame, how would they have any actual opinion? It's just based on word of mouth getting passed down. It's reputation-based. So I, 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 I don't want to say it to his face, but I will if you, if you force me to. I bet Nate Newton's not going to the Hall of Fame. I don't know. Will he? I don't think he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. But, if you know, the cool thing about Nate Newton is the USFL But he reject- played with a lot. He played with a lot of Hall of Famers, so that uh, means he knows something about it. Well, so would you say the same thing about Larry Allen? Like, did you, even as a casual fan at some point, did only you— because, could- Only because John Madden and people like that constantly were, you know, using the telestrator to circle him and watch what he does right here. See, I, look, I guess up there, and I'll say, that's a football player right there. You know, that's, uh, only with that sort of focus, uh, you know, being forced with my eyeballs to observe these things, could I discern who's doing it well. But I don't know. All right. Well, let me just say this about Nate, okay? I think Alan Fanica is going to go to the Hall of Fame. I don't think he will. I think he's a great player. I think he's deserving. I just don't think he's going to have the juice. If Will Will Shields can't go with 12 Pro Bowls, um, how is Alan Fanica going to do it? Because but- I'll tell you why. Because I think it has a lot to do with reputation, and there's a story about Alan Fanica and the way that he could pull from his position. There's a lot of highlight as as much as a guard's play can be highlighted, there's a, a lot of evidence to look at on tape of him, and whoever is making the case for Alan Fanica will have heaps of that to for. I mean, listen, here's what it will come down to. People always argue about Lynn Swan shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Well, look, the, every we've seen ad nauseum, including the, the media guys who vote on these things, have seen his big plays in the big games all the time. That influences whether you like it or not. It's going to influence it. Similarly, Alan Fanica made the key block in Super Bowl 40 against the Seahawks. He springs fast Willie Parker, literally doesn't get touched on the decisive play, like I say, of that Super Bowl. It springs Parker. He gets the touchdown, and the Seahawks never really get back, get that close to Pittsburgh again. That will be the first play you look at. That counts in the brains of these voters. He was certainly better than Flozo Adams was in a Pittsburgh uniform. But let me just say this about— Flozo wasn't that bad. No, that actually, he was wasn't. To be, but. Uh, I'll tell you what about Nate, though. That's something you can— get behind Nate Newton was a USFL reject he played with the Tampa Bay Bandits and which I think is the team Brian Sight played for but I'll have to look no Sight played for the Generals with Herschel Walker you sure about that thought that was Doug Flutie and and Sight played with the Bandits I no, I don't think he played with the Bandits. Let's see if uh, if somebody can look that up. I know Gary Anderson played with the Bandits, the running back for the Chargers. Yes, with yes the, who somersaulted into the end zone yes. once in the Chargers uniform. So, yeah. so Nate was a USFL reject. The Redskins just cut him, never even played a game for him. So when he was a rookie with Dallas in 1986, he didn't play at all for Tom Landry, and he was already 25 years old. He finally became a full-time starter in 88 at 27, he made his first Pro Bowl in 1992 at 31 years old. He made six Pro Bowls and won three Super Bowl rings all in his 30s. Is that right? All six? In, yeah. All in his all 30s. Right. He made his last Pro Bowl at 37 years old. All right. Well, that's a, that's an interesting thing. I didn't know that he – or at least I, I guess I didn't remember uh, that he started his career in the USFL. That's right. He's one of those rejects. He, he kind of reminds me a lot of John Riggins, one of those guys whose career didn't take off until after he hit 30 years old. All right, EH. We'll kibitz more on this one in a little bit. We have much to discuss, like 
I don't know if you heard, at, we're coming at you on Thursday right now. David Letterman's hanging it up in uh, in 2015. He's the best of the best. He's the best there ever was. I was a I was a child in Pittsburgh, PA, setting the VHS to record overnight. I'd wake up and there'd always be a new Letterman for me. I obsessively watched it. This is uh, and and I you know of course at that age I I decided what would be better than working on a late night show. I got to do that on the Kimmel show. Now I get the kibitz about football. Here at the NFL, I'm a lucky fella, E.H. Never luckier than when I get to talk with our main man, all the way from Green Bay. Man who should have been uh, spent uh, his January, or at least part of it, in Hawaii playing in the Pro Bowl. No, no justice there, but he was named our favorite guest, football playing guest of 2013 with the Shecky Award. It's A.J. Hawk. What's the poop, fella? Damn it, Shecky. It's good to be back. Yes. It's been a while. I know, too long. What gives? What are you doing with your off-season, fella? Oh, I'm just staying busy. I'm actually in Ohio right now uh, until our off-season stuff starts up for good here in a couple weeks in Green Bay. So back in Ohio, traveling around, going to some weddings, officiating some weddings, just hanging out with my kids, man. Wait a second. Officiating? What are you? You have the you have the yeah. deal where you're allowed to – or you're ordained or whatever and allowed to – Of course, man. I've been ordained since 2010, but I just finally got my first my first real gig in Kansas City, Missouri, a couple weeks ago. Somebody famous? No. Well, maybe he's uh, my good buddy from Green Bay. Does that count? What is he uh, a player not, or not no? Player. No, not a player. No, he's a. Uh, my boy Nate. He uh, works for the team as a trainer, but yeah, did his wedding. He uh, married a great girl, and he asked me about a year ago to do the wedding and. I prepared, and I think it all went off pretty well. This is this is great stuff. I love the idea of uh, AJ Hawk marrying people out there. Do you do anything that distinguishes you from the crowd? Do you give? Don't uh, does every if you're doing that? Do you have to give like a sermon or a little speech at the end? Oh, I mean, throughout the whole thing. I mean, they. I went back and forth with them for months and months preparing for this deal, and um, yeah, I mean, you know, I had an intro and kind of went over their backstory on how they met and you know i had a leather-bound binder i was holding with all my notes and everything. So, did I you wear your game me. jersey oh no i had my nice man i got all nicely suited tie clip wore some nice vans with the suit low top black vans with the suit real real like <laughs> la-ish you would yeah you would have loved it so, oh yeah, yeah i'm very uh, la hip <laughs> it was a it was a great experience man i want to do more all right, listen, we'll see if we can line up uh, your next couple out here in fancy Los Angeles. That would be awesome for Hawk to do it. Hey, who? what teammates do you talk to in the offseason? Do you pick up the phone and say, hey, Aaron Rodgers, what's going down, man? Well, I don't know if anyone actually picks up the phone and talks anymore. I think we – I text with a good amount of my guys. But, yeah, I mean, I see Aaron. He came to Ohio for a, a couple of days and stayed with us after the season for a little bit and hung out. Um, oh, really? He hangs out with you? I, I, I see. I don't know. I think we all imagine. I think eleven-year-olds think that the team just is all pals and hanging around. But I've sort of gotten jaded and assume you guys just all go your separate ways. See you in September. I mean, see you in August for uh, for the training camp. Well, you know, Aaron's Aaron's in a different stage of his life than me. He's pretty fluid. He can. He can kind of get, go in and out. If you've looked around, you know, you see him at these basketball games mm-hmm. in, the, in the locker room with Wisconsin. After he left Ohio uh, back in January, he went out to uh, Kansas and went to a practice and then went to one of their games. He's a big college basketball fan, so he doesn't have any uh, 
any kids or anything. So he's just out in San Diego. So he kind of makes his rounds after the season and traveling around and seeing what he wants to do. So he wanted to check out the great state of Ohio. So we hosted him for three or four days. Hey, Hawk, uh, just to let you know, our pal Rank is out today. In his stead is another pal, Elliot here, EH. He's a big Cowboys fan. Say hello, EH. Well, I, I wanted to. I, I just noticed something that, that uh, AJ said. You know, he said nobody calls anymore. I thought texting was something that was predominantly like for 23, 24-year-olds. If I'm not mistaken, <laughs> in January, AJ turned 30. You know it. I know. And you're texting. It, let me I'm guess like, you, Instagram too, don't you? I do not. There you is take a selfies. one, I guess, that has a lot of followers. Maybe I should take that guy that took my name on Instagram. But no, I do not Instagram. <laughs> I do not. Um, I'm not real big. I'm not real good at the social media world. I wish I was. Damashek is. I just sit there and read Damashek's Twitter, and it just kills me. I love it. There's always like a Pittsburgh <laughs> back scene to everything. and It's really sarcastic. It's just amazing. Damashek's a genius. Oh, Hawk. It's too much. Let's talk about, though, your newest uh, teammate. What do you think about Julius Peppers? Were you jazzed by this? Of course. Um, what's really funny is the week of the Super Bowl, I was in New York um, doing some things, just going around doing the whole media deal, and I did this Google Hangout thing, and someone asked me like who a player would be. They asked me on this recorded, too, because someone sent me the link. They asked me, I think – if there's a player in the league that I haven't played with that I would like to or whatever, and I honestly, I'm, I said Julius Peppers, and they're like, oh, really? Why? He's a Chicago Bear, big rival. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, that dude just intrigues me. He's such a monster, and he's so big. I was like, what a physical specimen he is. And he played basketball at North Carolina. So that's pretty amazing when you when you look at it. So, And then about a month later, boom, Packers signed him. So I'm, I'm really excited. I mean, a guy like him just – He's been such a force in this league for so long. I think it's going to be a lot of fun playing with him. And yeah, he doesn't have to play every down or anything for you guys either. No, and, and if he can, believe me, a guy like that, I think he can kind of do what he wants. I think everyone is probably going to be scared of him. But hey. uh, just his physical presence. But I said, I've joked about it over the last couple of weeks. I was like, either way, we're going to look a lot better getting off the bus. We're going to send him out first to try to intimidate <laughs> the team because that dude – Gives us a physical presence instantly. The, the from the day he straps the old the old green and gold on. Hey Hawk, can I tell you something? This is this is pretty exciting news. In fact, uh, we have uh, in fact our producer behind the glass is in black tie. We have a newcomer. Have you ever been behind the glass, there, producer? Have I been behind the glass? Absolutely. It's called the uh, College Football Twenty Four Seven no, Podcast. No, I mean on this show, we don't care about the other nonsense that they put oh, out. No, We're talking no. about the only podcast that matters. <laughs> No, the only podcast that matters, no, this is my first time behind the glass. And we're going to call Ooh. you B-Tie? Uh, up to you. I think A.J. Hawk can uh, create the name. He's busy what marrying happened? people. What happened? What? What? Is this your new full-time gig? No, no, no. Black Tie goes on vacation for roughly 90% of the uh, of the calendar year. So we always <laughs> are having to have someone fill in for him. Either way... Uh-huh. Um, I wanted to, uh, yeah, I, we had to figure out, uh, what was I going to ask you about, though? What was I don't it? know. What are you going to ask me? Some kind of big news, you said. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Get the drum roll ready. That's what I wanted to, to, to tell you. Okay. A.J. Hawk, I've mulled it over. I know the draft hasn't even happened yet, but I feel pretty, I mean, you know what? Listen, maybe it'll change, but I doubt it. I'm a man who stands mm-hmm. by his own opinion. Okay. Are you ready for this? In 2014, after it's all said and done, 16 games, playoffs, everything else, 
the Super Bowl champion will be the Green Bay Packers. Congratulations, Hawk. How's it feel? Thank you. It feels great, Damashek, especially coming from a guy like you. Yeah, two rings. You're a true expert, you know. A lot of people call themselves experts, but you actually are, so that feels I tell you what, I'm going to have to take this back to the guys in Green Bay. They're going to be excited. I don't, you know, listen, I'm I'm happy that I could be even a small part of things, and congratulations on your second ring now. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to pretend that I know who's going to win the Super Bowl MVP, but I hope it's you, Hawk. Oh, I hope it is too. But now when I, when I uh, go online and I listen to your next episode, are you going to be picking, you know, are you going to have – Carson Palmer on, are you going to tell him that the Cardinals are going to be the champs? Congratulations, DeAndre Hopkins. Your Texans are going to be the world champion. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. I don't jive. You know that. Okay. I don't, I don't, I, uh, I don't. Here's the thing, Hawk. I feel like, and because uh, you know how I feel about jive talk, I don't, I don't engage in it. And for that reason, I pulled no punches with you and said, I feel like the Packers defense hasn't held up its end of the bargain. Um, you know, for the most part, at least over the I last couple of years. I, know. I agree with you. I, I know you do. You. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I think the MVP is going to be TJ Lang. Really? That's yeah. an outside the box yeah. choice. I, I, I see TJ Lang. Do you have some uh, Detroit roots, TH? No, I don't. I'm, I'm from Dallas, but I, I got to be honest with uh-huh. you. This last weekend, I, I went with my girlfriend to see a movie, and I, I really want to know if you saw it. Um, did what you movie? see Noah? I did Noah. not see Noah. You didn't see Noah? It just came out. Oh. You, were, you were in the theater I, first weekend for that? I didn't realize it just came out. I just wondered if it motivated AJ to grow his hair back out because Russell Crowe's got the really bad long <laughs> weave going. No, not me, but what I did see, and I hope you guys have seen it, David Sheck, if you've seen this movie, I made this decision after my wife and I watched this together off a bootleg version on my buddy's iPad. If you... Do not like the movie Wolf of Wall Street. I don't want to be your friend, Damashek. Wow, don't threaten me, Hawk, but fortunately I did like it. I loved it, in fact. Okay, it was good. a lot of fun. Well, Can I I'm tell you that? You. I said I threatened you there, but I was literally, like, hitting my wife laughing. Just crazy. <laughs> that was just, it, it was just amazing. Matt McConaughey's only in it, like, seven minutes, and he has, has such an impact. He's so good in the beginning, so continue i'm sorry for cutting you off no i you're exactly right mcconaughey's one scene which apparently i i've i've read was completely improvised by him he just walked in there and made that whole thing up which is hysterical the chest beating and everything else did you watch though hawk did you watch mcconaughey and true detective i have not i'm sorry i hear only great things i saw mcconaughey dallas buyers club but also great Oh man, yeah, you got to get caught up. You'll love this True Detective. What about Game of Thrones? Are you ready for that, or are you still behind uh, the the curve on that I'm, one too? I'm telling you, I'm ready, but I just haven't pulled the trigger. It's like it's like every time I get excited to watch these, and I know I need to start them. If they don't grab me from the first ten seconds, I'm like a little kid with my attention span, and I just I just wander off, you know, and I get I leave the room. So. Game of Thrones, I know, is just absolutely crazy. That's my first priority, I think. I think that's. I really feel like that is going to be up your alley. I really think. But I understand where he's coming from. I mean, I was that way with Malcolm in the Middle. Like I, you know, I just waited on it and waited (laughs) on it and waited on it. (laughs) Malcolm in the Middle. The series was canceled, and you're still waiting. (laughs) It was canceled after about eight years. I just realized I never got around to it. Are you? (laughs) Hey, you know what's that? A sleeper, Damashek, a sleeper show that I think you would like? Lay it on me. Veep. 
Oh, I hear good things. Yeah, I haven't uh, checked that one out yet. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta give that one a chance. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that okay. on your recommendation. Yeah, I've heard it's very really funny. Good. What really about good. the the big news is Letterman's hanging it up. What's your favorite? Are you a late night show guy? Oh yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of late night. You know, I'm a huge fan of stand up comedy. I know it's not stand up, but you know, they're no, I know you media. are right. Who's your so? Who's um, your favorite late night show? All well, time. I mean, honestly, all oh, all time. I watch old clips of um, of Carson and those old school guys when they're sitting down there drinking and smoking cigs. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me jealous that I didn't live back then and I wasn't able to be a guest on shows like that. That stuff is amazing. So I like Carson a lot. Um, obviously, I have a lot of respect for Jay Leno, but I think uh, Jimmy Fallon has stepped in and just absolutely killed it. I think he is a monster, man. He I, I turned on the other night. And all of a sudden, he's singing with Billy Joel, and it's like it's like a real show. And and Fallon was just amazing. So I think Fallon's going to take over the whole TV world right now. It'll be interesting. Who would you like to? Well, if you like stand-ups, and let's blend these two. Who do you think should take over for Letterman? Oh, is there? Do you know? Is there any uh, like rumblings of who it might be? I mean, I'm sure. Was- listen, believe me, they have a list. Yeah. Uh, the CBS has a big list. I'm sure. People who float out John Stewart probably are ignoring that he makes forty or fifty million dollars a year annually. I mean, can you imagine? By the way, he, he makes, makes forty he or makes fifty. Much, really? He makes a fortune doing uh, doing oh. the Daily Show, so he's not probably realistic. Um, Stephen Colbert, on the other hand, is probably an option. Ooh. I don't know if he'll do. Uh, people will float out Chris Rock. I'm not positive that that's a great one to go with. Here, here's one for you. How about Joel McHale? I could see that working out. Oh, that's a, that's a con- I, mark this in your podcast. Mark that. Mark your uh, mark where that where you said that because honestly, I think you're onto something. I think Joel. I think Joel would be great. You just mentioned all those guys before him. They yeah, they would be fine, but they don't really create much buzz for me. When you said Joel McHale, that dude can do everything. He's no. He's like a. He's already a host type guy, and now and he's an actor. And he's really funny, man. Damn, Shrek! I think you might have hit it right there. This is what, yeah, you know, this is one of my many, uh, my many skills in life. No and votes for Wilford Brimley. Wilford right. Brimley. No votes for him. I mean, I, I'd love to see that. Now that's a TV show. Um, Wilford Brimley, who the guy that sits on the horse and sells diabetes medicine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be that an ageist, talk. Don't be an ageist. Can I ask AJ now. one football question? Go ahead. We were just, talking, your chance was when I anointed him 2014 Super Bowl champion. I know, and I went with TJ Lang. But I'm curious. You know, Charles Woodson signed with the Raiders. You know, last year. And now James Jones goes to the Raiders. Are you guys sitting there scratching your head and going, really, the Raiders? That's where you want to play? <laughs> no, I mean, I, you can't really ever blame anybody because we don't know exactly what's happening in the whole free agent situation. But they got Reggie McKenzie. You know, Reggie came from Green Bay. We sure. all know Reggie very well. And so I under, you understand when you see something like that happen, just like John Schneider's in Seattle. So – when he signed a few former Packers as well mm-hmm. in the past couple of years. So he kind of, that kind of happens a lot, man. I don't know. And the Raiders are going to try to make a push for it, I guess. So, and James is from California. So Charles is already there. So both of those guys, you can kind of see where they're coming from. Yeah. But do you text them when they say stuff like, Hey, I'm focused on making the Oakland Raiders a, a world champion. Do you, do you text them and go like, come on, man, you're not fooling anybody. Yeah. I text them. And I say, just 
we're just going to take it one day at a time, one game at a time. You know, <laughs> it is what it is. I just throw out every cliche. There he goes. Hawk, that's one of his skills in life. When he has to, when he feels it's time to get political, if I start saying, oh, come on, Tony Romo and Peyton Manning are overrated. Oh, I don't know anything about that, Dave. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> hey, they're, they're, oh. they're, they're treasures. They're treasures, and they make our sport uh, one of the great things that, uh, the, the, you know, why people love it. So he just goes in. I, I'm not good at it. You see, I try to do it. I can't even do it. Hawk, well, yeah. real quick, yeah. let's talk about a couple things, and then it's uh, time for you to go about your uh, off season again. Real quick, when are you and the lady going to come out here already? We're trying to find a time. We used to go to Arizona for a wedding here in a month or two. Um, unfortunately, I'm not officiating this one. That's so too I'm bad. I was going to say, every weekend now is going to be consumed by Hawk weddings. Maybe you could do it at halftime of a Packers game. That would be really something. <laughs> Yeah, I'll see what I can do. Though. I'll, I'll I'll put some feelers out when I get back to Green Bay and see what they what they think about it. But we do. I mean, I want to come out there. Um, I want to do your uh, whatever your fake driving in a car TV show. What is that? It's not fake. It's it, it's very real, sir. But I, what I really want isn't so much to talk with you. I want to talk with your lovely bride oh. to find out what yeah. it's like to be married to an NFL football player. That's what I, mean, I want to do. Obviously, she's just going to tell you how awesome it is, and every minute is just bliss, and she mm-hmm. give her everything she wants, you know? She's oh. the perfect man. Wow, how beautiful. What a beautiful I'm a little tale. disappointed. How many times has A.J. Hawk been on, on the show? I don't know, 10 or 15? 10 or 15? You got Terrence yeah. Newman to do a Jerry Jones impression. Can't can oh, A.J. do one, too? Do you do a Mike Jerry McCarthy? Joe? Oh, gosh, well. Or do any impression? Man. I don't know how. I mean, I'm trying to think who I could. He's a I terrible singer. I'll tell you that. I found that out in uh, Tahoe last summer. We have a video of us doing a little Michael Jackson song. Me? Yeah. You're right. Well, you know, I carried I, the weight there. I was <laughs> just too. I was too like shy and insecure and terrible mm-hmm. with myself to be able to, to step into it. And you just snapped into that. You just snapped into that Michael Jackson like it was nothing. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, and trying to do I "Careless told- Whisper" by Wham in front of a lot of people is tough. <laughs> Well, I told you, Damashek, I can't match your passion. No. You know, your, your passion and your enthusiasm is so over the top. That's what I'm trying to – I like to hang around guys like you. Hopefully that rubs off on me. I'm a little more like monotone and just kind of steady. And you're uh-huh. – you're just a you're just a roller coaster your whole life. Just ups, super high ups and super low downs. <laughs> I'm super. Low. I think you know me too well, Hawk. Apparently, yes, yes. I I've I really reached uh, on more than one occasion the bottom of uh, of the human no, experience. The- I'm joking, damn it, Shake. You're doing great. <laughs> hey, Hawk. So speaking of songs, if you were a baseball player, you know how they do that now in every I think in just about every ballpark, the guy gets to pick what his theme music is essentially when he gets into the uh, at-bat box, in the batter's yeah, box, walk, what would it be? walk-up music, I right. guess. Right. Um, I have thought about that in the past. Gosh. I'm a, see, I'm a, I'm a huge Dave Matthews fan. That's my guy. I've been like 40 shows. Mm-hmm. But it would either be Dave Matthews, Dave Matthews band, Gray Street, because it's one of the, once it, that thing gets going live, it's ridiculous, or... Lee Greenwood, God bless the USA. I think I would probably go with that. No, 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 no. I forbid that. That's ridiculous. You're not playing that. We used to to sing that when I was in first grade when it rained outside and we couldn't go outside for recess. And I used to cry every time as a first grader singing that. I was so proud proud of my country. I'm telling you. It sounds like I made it up. I'm not joking. Call my buddy, Johnny Thomas. 
kid I grew up with, one of my best friends. And I'm up. proud to be an American. That song, right? Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I'm telling you, when that <laughs> kicks in, if you don't, if, if your legs don't get weak and you don't, you don't start tearing up when that when that kicks in, then you're not an American. Uh, you're I would be, I wouldn't be able to pitch to you if I were out on the hump because I'd be laughing too hard. Exactly. I could just see Adrian Peterson standing there, seven yards behind the line of scrimmage, and AJ Hawk walks into the tackle box to uh, Dave Matthews. He's really going to be quaking, man. He's going to be right. tweaking out. You got a long trust to Adrian. Asian, you can't phase that guy. So maybe I try to. So maybe I just get him. He starts saying, "Yeah, this is good, man. I like, I like Dave." And then give me a chance to tackle him because that guy's so big and powerful. Yeah. Well, I've long know. said my my cagey choice would be uh, what's that guy's name who sings uh, "You're Beautiful." You're beautiful. James oh, Blunt. James oh, Blunt. James Terrible. Blunt. What a beautiful song. Oh, I horrible. know, but imagine if I also then mouth the words. At the pitcher, <laughs> while I step into the batter's box, I give the ump like, hold on a second, I got to dig in here, ump, and like, uh, <laughs> I saw you with another man, and I start singing that at the pitcher oh. while it's going on. That way, it's all it's four pitched balls. He doesn't want to mess with me. He's like, what's what's with this weirdo? I'm just, you know what? Maybe I just get one in the bum. He just he just uh, pit, he beans me. I want this guy out of my hair. You know, that's, that's not it. The song I would have guessed for you. I'm help, I'm helping my team. You do a little shimmy if you mouth the words to him from "You're Beautiful" by James Blunt, and then you do a little shimmy and wiggle, wiggle your little butt. Think of the ladies will go crazy. Think of the endorsements you'll get. Fringe benefit. Sure. Fringe benefit. You're right. That is a great idea. Um, oh my gosh! All right, listen, AJ Hawk, you're beautiful, um, and we want you to come out to LA so that we can kibitz yeah. with you in person. Maybe we'll drive around. Maybe we'll do all that. Which is the team? Which are you? Red Legs or Tribe? Oh, Reds all the way. I thought man. that's I was, what you told me, yeah. I, I was a diehard Reds fan. Pete Rose is basically like Pete Rose is the top of the mountain for me when it comes to, to heroes growing up. I love that guy. I still love him. Trying to trying to uh I've been trying to get in contact with Pete Rose forever. I love him. Text man, him. When, I should Instagram him. I know he's out in Vegas. Damashek, you know what I have? I'm not trying to shamelessly plug anything, but I'm trying to actually recruit you. I have recently started my own little podcast slash interview slash I don't know what it is thing over Skype, and it's about to go live here shortly, and I'd like to have you on as a guest. Holy hell, you know I'm in on that, Hawk, you whenever you need me, fella. Okay, good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text you. We're about to go live. I've recorded like five or six of them already, but we're about to get the site ready, my buddy who's on the technical side. And uh, the first one was with, wow, look at this, with another Pittsburgh native Brett Michaels will be up shortly. Holy hell! All right, we'll see. You'll tweet that, yeah. and then I'll retweet it, and these—that's uh, the way these things go. Okay, yeah, man, for real. I need to have you on because it isn't just just hang hang out like casual deals that have gone like forty-five minutes to about an hour and fifteen, and in, in between that range, and talking from people from all different walks of life. And Brett was my first one, and he was nice enough and a great dude. So if I had Damashek on. I get that whole Pittsburgh connection. Yeah, and if CC Deville was from Pittsburgh, that would be awesome. Ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. You're right. CC and Brett have had a few on stage issues. I know Brett talked about that a little bit. On <laughs> it's called uh, they did it's called the Hawks Cast. Demashek, just for you. Perfect. Listen, I love it, and uh, and so best wishes with that. Good luck to your Red Legs. 
I hope for your for your Buckeyes' sake that Aaron Rodgers, Wisconsin Badgers lose this weekend. I hope everything continues to turn up Hawk here, and we'll look forward to seeing you out here soon. Yeah, anytime for the uh, for the podcast. Obviously, would love to. Oh be a part yeah, of that. I mean, I'll let you know. I'm gonna send you an email for real. I'm gonna. It'll be fun. It's no. It's on the internet. There's no. It's all my own thing. So there's no. You can say whatever you want. You know what's awesome right. too is that well the next time you're out here too, Elliot here mentioned having a girlfriend. I think AJ Hawk is ready to you know make it official for the two of you. You know, that's a what? that's a great idea. And uh, you know, I would like to throw in. First of all, it's great to meet you. But if you get a chance, try to catch Malcolm in the Middle. I hear it's a really uh, mm-hmm. a great little show. Great little program. Malcolm in the Middle. I'll. You turned your back on it. Now you're trying to push it on the Hawk. I don't understand what games Netflix. you're playing here. Just watch Game of Thrones. Would you already? Enough with the nonsense. It's a great show. You're going to love it when you see it. I know. I need to. That's all I hear about. The Bannisters or whatever. Lannisters. That's right. Lannisters. <laughs> that's right. Go on. I don't know. Now we'll let I'll Hawk go. Sure. He's got to go listen to Lee Greenwood. It's his walk-up song. That's ridiculous. I'm telling you, listen All right. to it. Turn it on or have your guy play it on when you're when you're getting off of the podcast, like or your intro right. music. You'll be choked up the first two minutes of the show. So would Matt Forte. He would be really choked up. Yeah, I don't think he could face you. No, you're thinking of No Sean Moreno, the guy who had the big the, the who cried Ooh. in the pregame. Oh, Is that yeah, what you're thinking yeah, of? Yeah. yeah. yeah you gotta yeah, love yeah. it, man. You gotta love it. He loves the USA. I, my daughter breaks down the USA chance at any time, and I just let her. I pump it up and let her go with it. All right, Hawk, listen, give our best, because I'm telling you that Packers defense is the underwritten story of the offseason. They're rising up. I like that you kept the, the the young DB. I like that you bring in Peppers. I like you keep Raji. And the linchpin of it all, the man in the middle, 50. Jared Boykin. No, 50 oh. we're looking at. We're talking about Jared 50. Boykin. He's Jared the anchor. Boykin. He's having a big year. You're right. He You're right. He probably is lined up for a big year. All right, Could listen. Be. Um, okay, Hawk. So we'll kib it soon. In the meantime, as always, what a what what a delight. Yes, thank you for having me on. It was it was an honor as always. Let yes. Black Tie know I'm 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 upset that I missed him. Hey, see you, man. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna Instagram you and LinkedIn you. Oh, both of them. <laughs> Give me on MySpace too. You bet. There he goes, everybody. The reigning Shecky Award winner for our favorite football playing guest, and I hope you now know why, E.H. He's awesome. He's delightful, isn't he? He's awesome. You know, I was just thinking about, you know, he's played a lot longer Although than, he goes down think. a couple of notches in my book for the uh, Lee Greenwood Jazz. Nah, but, you know. you Proud to be an American in the on. batter's box. I think that's fantastic. Where at least I know I'm free. <laughs> that wasn't bad, although you sounded a little bit like James Ingram. With a really bad Pittsburgh accent. What did what you think about that? What does that song pump you up? Proud to be American. I know it's a proud American song, but in what world does that pump you up? Same people that thought Little Pink Houses by John Mellencamp was like the song of the 80s. Those people. Well, of course, that song is uh, is satirical. You know, it's not intended to be a pro-USA song. Kind of like Born in the USA. Just... Yeah, right, right. And I actually think Born in the USA is a good song. If you actually listen to the words, it's got a, it's, it's got a hook to it. Yeah, um, that what could work. What should we call Todd? That would be a terrible song too. What is Batters Box? No, I mean I I could see the uh, the drum and that. I mean not the drum, the guitar. That could be helpful. My, Listen, my I've been Chumfini, around. I've been my, around that stuff for three years now, and it's normal like the. Oh yeah, you songs. do play by play stuff, right? Yeah. Where so, for whom? The Angels minor league teams the last couple of years. Rancho Cucamonga? They're Inland Empire now. But no, the year before this summer, I was in Burlington, Iowa, 
And then for two summers, I was in Orem, Utah with the rookie level team. What's that like? It's, it's interesting. Teaches you a whole lot about different uh, areas you never expect to go to. Well, I don't see. Now you just sound like you're, you know, trying to. What are you trying to figure out? I don't know. Is it is it creepy? Do you feel like no. what kind of life have I chosen for myself sitting in this no, place? No, that is not a life you want to go. Is being in a 10-hour bus ride to Helena, Montana. When guys are sleeping on the floor and you got to go to the bathroom, so you're climbing over the chairs and stepping on people, waking them up. How much is it like, uh, Is is it? does it mirror in many ways Bull Durham? Yeah. I mean, it's... That's pretty accurate? Yeah. All that, that kind of stuff. The, the, the weird thing is, like for me, the press boxes. Some are really nice, and then some you're stuck. It's 105 degrees, no AC, and you got nothing. You're dialing to your radio station. It's hanging up because the phone line's a piece of garbage. Minor league baseball, baby. Maybe we'll call him Minor Tie. Is that a every you know the producer has to have a tie in his name? What should we call it? Mm. No tie. Maybe no, no tie. tie because he's doing because uh, he's doing baseball and he and buds minor league, so he doesn't have to wear a tie. I don't that's know, true. It's a re- uh, that's reach. true. Collared shirt and shorts. That was uh, my tie. Well, he's talking about minor leagues. Is my tie taken? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, my tie. Yeah, I we, like that one a little bit. Well, we do. Yeah, Chris Law, in fact, the uh, usual producer of the uh, of the Rich Eisen podcast, is my tie because mm. uh, he's been known to enjoy a drink mm. or many really? drinks. Yeah, I don't want to be That's associated a, with Chris Law though. So let's uh, let's figure out a new one. All right, we'll work on that. Um, all right, we're seeing if we're gonna uh, if Nate Newton's gonna show up here. He's coming. Oh, he is coming up. Yeah, he's coming. Oh, terrific. Uh, meantime, let's get back to where we barely uh, started the kibitz here before uh, A.J. Hawk called in um, E.H., and that's about your greatest dynasty of the Super Bowl era. I've weighed in myself on uh, on total access over the last month or so, trying to provide the pros and cons. Let's, let's talk about what those are. Again, I, I'm not going to go over the reasons why. I just don't think anybody care or the vast majority of football fans in 2014 were around or still around or care about what happened in 1955. So I don't really care about Otto Graham's All-American titles. Um, not to say that they're not relevant, but they but they don't exactly rise to the level of the Super Bowl. And the reason, the practical reason for that is when people poo-poo that, how dare you do uh, uh, dismiss that stuff? Well, practically... There were only twelve teams or so in those leagues. You know, it's a different standard. It so was how do you feel about like, the Packers? Well, the Packers, right through the sixties, when you hold them up as the titan of the of that uh, of that dynasty. Keep in mind, lots of lots of great football players weren't even playing in the NFL. They were over in the AFL. So that's one strike against them. It's almost like talking. But about, they blew out the two AFL opponents that they played. You have to give them that. I mean, I they flat I, out blew them out. I give them. I give them points. And that is what the the thing of the Packers dynasty. The greatness of the Packers dynasty is that for the most part, they laid waste. They didn't just win consistently, but they whipped teams in the postseason. And one of the few exceptions to that is against the Dallas Cowboys right. in back to back years in sixty five and. 66, 66, was it? 67. 66, 67. Um, Other than that, though, they usually pasted who they were playing. So so that is in their favor. The thing that the Packers of the 60s and the Steelers of the 70s have in common, which so when you evaluate what makes the greatest dynasty of these dynasties, and the five are, by the way, I I skipped over that, you know, are, are the 60s um, Packers, 70s Steelers, 80s Niners, 90s Cowboys, and the uh, early 21st century 
Patriots. And so the it's really on some level apples and oranges because the Packers and the Steelers, if you drafted well and you were lucky enough not to have career-ending injuries to key guys, then that was your team. And you were going to have that team right. against the teams that didn't draft well for the next decade. So the front were, office held all the cards. Right. So if you did a good job at putting the team together, you were probably going to be in good shape for, for the long haul. Now, that is something not to, to poo-poo. That's something to praise, of course. But it is, like you say, it, it has a lot to do with decision-making in the front office early on in the dynasty. Then there's credit to be given for the Patriots because they've been chameleons, not just in the way they approach each game and each opponent, but, of course, they've had to remake their roster many times over. And to some degree, even, it's interesting, the Cowboys of the 90s had that foundation, and there were there was a core there that reeled off those Super Bowls. And But, you know, the Niners and the Patriots are really marked by one coach and one quarterback and then a lot of moving parts around them, mm-hmm. so it's different. But speaking of guys on those Cowboys teams, EH, this is especially exciting for you because walking into Studio 66 right now, one of those aforementioned linchpins to success, a man who played guard six Pro Bowls, I just yes, found out. Yes. I didn't know about this. Yeah. Here he is, everybody. It's Nate Newton. How, How are you, you, sir? All right, sir. How are you doing? I'm good, but he's even better. Elliot Harrison, he's a Dallas Cowboys loyalist. I'm he from Farmer's you. Branch. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can't us right next to Valley Ranch. Yeah, I hear you, man. Yeah. I, I was just trying to tell Dave, we were talking about the guard position. And, it, you know, it's not always the most glamorous position, but John Madden. Why is it not? Well, when well, is yeah, it I'll, ever glamorous? I'll let Dave answer that. <laughs> my, 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 it's always been glamorous to oh, me. Oh, it is. I'm sorry. Yes, I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you something. Just to be a professional football player, no matter what position, even the low-life punters and kickers, <laughs> uh, it, it, you are special because you're at the top of the class. I mean, people do know who their guards are. I mean, now they may not be a nationally thing but it's locally people know they pe- they players well how much of that because i said at the uh, at the start of the show i feel like john madden really made you into this superstar guy even among these these you know emmett smith troy aikman yes. michael irvin yes. Deion sanders for a while there are a lot of big personalities yeah. there and yet you always stood out and i sort of in my brain at least feel like madden really loved you and he celebrated yeah. you every chance he could you know i owe that to a couple of guys man uh, jim Erkenbeck, uh when he first got there because cowboys weren't known for big offensive line they were line coach yeah yeah so they was six, you know, six six, uh, two twenty five, two forty, two seventy. The biggest guy before I got there was Crawford Curry. He was like six four. Another guard, uh, yeah, two ninety five. So, and when I got there, you know, I'm I'm six two, six two and a quarter, three hundred fifty pounds. So that was that was a big difference. They didn't have any shorts for me, you know. That <laughs> so a couple of pairs of shorts together just to just to get me in uniform. So. Uh, John Madden, and I'm going to tell you a quick story if you got time. Please. Uh, John, I was walking into, we was getting ready to play the New York Giants. And uh, you know how we all get there early, you know, the players announce everybody. You, you walking through the tunnel. And I see John Madden. I'm just staring at him, man. Him and Pat Summer. I'm just staring like, God, this is John Madden. I'm, you know, that's when I knew. I'm like, man, I'm in the NFL, man. And he said, hi, hi, big fella. How you? <laughs> I, I look at him. He's like, yeah, I know you are. You're Nate Newton, you know. He said, man, play well. He said, play hard. He said, I know you, man. I think you can play. Coach, speak highly of you. And uh, that was like my first year starting. And I'm like, man, and 
And I get home, and, and the people on the TV are like, man, Madden loves you. Man, you oh, man, you played good. Madden loves you. And from that point on, man, every time that bus pulled up to Valley Ranch, every time we were away on the road, I would make it my business to uh, do a, a pregame interview with him. I mean, I wasn't on the list. I, I was nobody, man. I wasn't on the list. But I would after everybody would meet with Madden, I would just wait hours, hours, and I would go in and I would just sit down and I would talk to him and Pat Summerall. You know, and then all of a sudden it just got bigger, bigger, bigger. And next thing you know, I'm doing, you know, Capel Deli uh, sandwich <laughs> commercials and going up to the Super Bowl during the off weeks and stuff like that. Even when we wasn't, wasn't, uh, wasn't in the Super Bowl, I was going up and visiting and just talking to John, man. And, and I owe a lot of my success to him. Yes, I do, because he would tell me, always have you, always have your Sundays, Nate. What do you mean, John? Well, always have you, always have something to do. Always have something to occupy your time. Hmm. Well, that's what I was telling Shaq that I think the great takeaway from your career, there's a big misconception, I think, about the early 90s Cowboys that, that Jimmy Johnson just appeared and all these guys got drafted and there was no, no one there. That's not true. There were some holdover players, 2A, Jeff Coat, Bates, Norton, really good players. Chad Hennings had gotten drafted but yeah. didn't come because of his Air Force commitment. Right. Now, I'm not saying that that's the core, but Michael Irvin, that's a Tom Landry draft pick, not, yes, not Jimmy Johnson. And I was telling Sheck that, to me, the great takeaway from your career that could inspire anybody is perseverance. Yes. You were cut by the Redskins. You joined the Cowboys when you were 25. Now, wait, I wait. Before that, though, because I, I didn't remember, at least, USFL. that you were USFL. Yep. Yes, what was that buried. like? Man, that was the greatest, besides college, that was the greatest time of my life. Your quarterback was, wait yeah. a second, was John Reeves. John Reeves. And, I just saw when yeah. you said Spurrier, that, that, that rang the bell. Yeah, yep. man, right. he, we had everybody that was a who's who at the University of Florida in Florida State. Had Ron Simmons. Oh, I can't think Walt last name. You had, had Gary Anderson, yeah, the running Gary, back uh, from Arkansas, brother, right? And he to this run. day, I've never seen... Nobody, one player, Deion Sanders, I think was faster than Gary Anderson. Hmm. I mean, this this dude was lightning in a bottle, man. I, I remember a blue bunny, a blue, blue, blue bunny, bunny game yeah. against Florida. They held him down to nothing. He came out after halftime, rushed over 125 yards. They took that game to Lou Holtz. That's when Lou Holtz moved on from there from mm-hmm. August. Gary Anderson was the most complete back. You know what it's funny? With. You and Sam Mills are two guys who went uh, who went from the USFL. Yeah, to Philadelphia. Then. He played for the Philadelphia Stars. Was right. Yes, oh, yep. yes, that's right. Yeah, bad little man. I yep. feel like, but I, I've said, I, I've talked about this a lot. Because, you know, listen, I'm growing up in the 80s watching USFL. Yeah, and yeah. this is at that age where you're like, man, I don't care. I just love to watch football no matter what. I'll look at it. Summertime. So I fell in love with USFL football. Right. And, you know, people now, as they look back, they don't know anything about it, and they sort of think, like, well, it must have been like the XFL. Reggie White came from there. Yep. Listen, there are a lot of guys. Yeah. That's right. Reggie White came from there. Doug Williams. Jim Kelly spent three years. Herschel Walker, that's the guy I want to talk about. Herschel Walker to me. I think USFL was great. I think in if you would have right, that's right. You you keep it. How about you know who's another great one who could have been a Hall of Famer? Here are three running backs. Jim Kelly. That's right. Yep. You had Mike Rogier, Kelvin yep. Bryant, and Joe Cribbs. All could have been in the Hall of Fame if they'd been in the NFL their entire and there, career. And there's all these other players that, okay, you guys are naming the stars, but how about Anthony Carter? Gary Carter. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, brother. And I was going to bring up, that's my homeboy. He's from Florida, West Palm Beach. Yep. 
Let me tell you something, man. Bo Schembecker flew down and started throwing the ball because of this kid. Hmm. The, the, the Minnesota Vikings finally got him. Talking about, okay, he well, he wasn't fast enough. Tell me, before he got there, who was the only guy you ever knew that could take a slant 60 yards? to be the slowest guy on the field. Mm-hmm. Anthony Carter, man. Go, yeah. go ahead on, man. Go ahead on. I'm sorry, no, sir. No, you're, you're, yeah. no, you're right. I mean, Dude, Anthony ooh. Carter single-handedly – destroyed the maybe the best 49er team they ever had they, they, yes, in 1987. He yes, he did. He went for 227 on like 10 catches and exactly what you're talking about. And uh, But, you know, there's so many good – Bobby Bear went from the USFL and Bobby, then and had a nice career. He ain't stopped talking yet on the radio down there in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Well, what I was saying to Sheck before you came on was that you really are a testament to perseverance. You made your first Pro Bowl at 31. Yes, sir. You made six Pro Bowls in your 30s. And I told Chuck, you were the offensive line version of John Riggins, who he was great in his 30s. You know, you just hit your second win. You won all three Super Bowls in your 30s. Man, Riggo. I remember Riggo getting up, man. We was in a preseason game. And we I think it was our second or third preseason game for the Redskins. And Coach Gibbs, great Christian man that he is. Say, has anybody got something they want to say? You know, because we hadn't been playing well in the preseason. And, man, I hate to say this because Rigo, this may not sound good, but Rigo is one of the greatest running backs in it. <laughs> Rigo was half lit up, man. He stood <laughs> up. I just want to say tomorrow we need to go out there for the, however long we end there. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was just toe up. <laughs> you had to literally be there to see Rigo red-faced. <laughs> what a perfect combo. And, and, man, he did not – and I'm saying it nice because everything was M this, S that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man, I, I, that's what I remember of him, Gibbs man. is super religious and yeah, right. His and, biggest uh, offensive is, player is that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's and great. he went out and had a great quarter and a half, you know, and, and, and came to the bench. And you, But you'd have never thought that this guy the night before – had had a few. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what about, so you see Herschel Walker, who again, like I say, man, three years. He had over 1,100 carries in three years in the USFL. 18-game seasons. Right. 2,400 yards one year. Yeah. He, I mean, he, he had already had so much wear on the tire by the time he arrives in the NFL. I feel bad for him because I think he obviously had the skill to be a Hall of Famer. He Tony, was a straight-line runner. It, it was only a few teams in the league. Herschel was a throwback with speed. Uh-huh. Because me and him was the guy that the Cowboys. Herschel was a throwback with speed. He he could have played in, in in the sixties and seventies and he'd have been the greatest thing, but the league was evolving. He didn't have loose hips as they oh, say. No, these man, days. at all, brother, yeah. at all. What about so okay, Dorset, Herschel, Emmett Smith. Rank them one through three. Oh, Tony Dorsett, number one. That's right. You know, Gil Brandt says yeah, the same Tony thing. Tony Dorsett, number one. Uh, Emmett, number two. Herschel, Herschel he, you know, I love him. And he's a great man. But he, th- you, you're talking about the ultimate backs. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about the ultimate backs. And, and, and I try to tell people it's hard to rank backs because if you're going to talk about running backs – Run, a running back is a guy you put the ball in his bread basket. Adrian Peterson's a running back. I ain't looking to throw him no flare outs. I mean, mm-hmm. he can do it. I ain't looking to run no screens. Emmett runs screens. You know, Barry Sanders runs screens. No, Barry Sanders is a running back. You mm-hmm. hand him the ball. Yep. You get O.J. Simpson the ball. You give, Mar- you give Marshall Falk the ball anytime. You, you, you give uh, 
uh, what's my man works here with us. Oh, uh, uh, Danny, Danny, you give him the ball, he he don't never come off the field. Mm-hmm. That that's that. that those are all purpose backs. You know, Eric Dickerson, you put the ball in his bread basket and he make things happen. I got the difference. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean by that. Um, I want you to, before we jump in, because I want to get your thoughts on the 2014 mm. Cowboys and what's been going on with right. these eight and eight seasons. But real quick, I want you to admit Lack something. Lack of talent. Anybody yep. who's, everybody's, <laughs> we'll, we'll get yeah, into that. I, <laughs> I want to talk to you about this, though. I want you to admit something to the people out there. What's Look, that? you had some rings, you had your fun with mm. Jimmy Johnson and the right. gang and everything else. But I want you to admit, Super Bowl thirty, you guys didn't deserve to win. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Tell me the still oh, right. the oh I don't great, like that you took green, that one. Y'all had green, y'all had the green at one Lloyd. Uh, Lloyd, y'all had yeah. the big Kirkland. Big, Kirkland did you, you were have, scared. Y'all I had my you... homeboy uh from uh, uh Florida and them uh, playing the other line homes. You oh, know, Greg uh, Holmes. Yeah. Man, you had a great uh, I mean, uh, oh, yeah, Ernie Holmes, yeah, uh, playing man, in the middle there. Oh, right. man, y'all had a uh, – used to play corner in Woodson and his safety. Yeah. Oh, man, y'all had such great talent, but we were a better team. No, 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 no. But – Now, listen, we were going in the right direction. No, Earl right, right. Holmes, y'all not Y'all going in the right Holmes, direction, but your quarterback just took a payoff, huh? Now, I want no, – listen. <laughs> He's not going to let this die. He's not going to let this die. He's a wanna, huge Steeler fan. I don't care if yeah, there are 20-year-old listeners out there. five quarters, y'all would have won. Well, that's exactly right. right. The let game me tell was you something. Five quarters. When you guys, I remember Troy Aikman hits Michael Irvin in the yes, end zone for a touchdown. Right. Mm-hmm. Gets called back that's because right. he was doing some nonsense with pass interference. Here we go. It comes back because he was doing nonsense. Right. From that point on, tell me if I'm wrong about this. Be, be honest with me now. No jive. No jive. That's our rule here. That's at the our show. rule. Now listen. From that moment on, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Shut you guys down hey, in a did. way that nobody Had ever did before. Year. Or at, that's not right. year. I'm talking about uh, the entire and after. That's the right. entire dynasty. Some teams would say we're going to take away Emmett in the running game, and then Aikman would make him pay with the right. arm, or we're going to take away the passing game, mm-hmm. and we're going to grind you with Emmett. Right. But you know what the Steelers did? They said we're not going to let you do either one from this point forward. And y'all did not. And then Neil O'Donnell did what he did, and that was nonsense. And see, now since you had it, and I agree with you, but you got to admit that on the other end, y'all, y'all, who was it? Was it Ernie Holmes caught the nice pass? Was it Ernie? No. It was Ernie Mills. Ernie Mills. Ernie Mills. Yeah. Caught the nice pass. Played for the Cowboys. They, yeah, rolling and gr- I mean, Oh, that's Andre Hastings yeah, who broke yeah, 78 man, tackles right. on one play. Oh, man, y'all were down. playing great. Yes. Let me let me say but this. But the game the game is 60 minutes, he, not 50. He won't let this he won't <laughs> let this die. I mean, he'll start going into Eric Pegram and a bunch of but 95 see, Steelers. But see, that's what's so great about this guy is that he knows everything and, and but, see, you probably have an eye on that shirt since that game, right? I don't need you to come in here and attack me. No, no, no fives. I don't want fives being given between you two at my expense. Not cool, Nate Newton. Not cool at all. You know what? That that 95 team, I, you know, being in Dallas at that time, and I heard Troy say this, yeah. wasn't as good as the 94 team no. that, that, that lost. I think that, you know, they talk about the salary cap. Obviously, you lost Stepnoski. Yes. But to me, there were two back injuries is what sent the Cowboys downhill. Jay Novacek and Charles Haley. If they're, either one of those guys' bodies would have cooperated, I think he went again in 96. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. And he said it all. I in, usually in do. The, in the first few minutes of the show. I was 30. Tourney was 30. Golden was coming up on 30. We, when you're talking about three or four guys 
that was 30-something years, 32-plus years of age. Charles Haley was third, probably 31. None of us was young. And, and, and that was the key. Not that teams were better than us. Teams were younger and stronger, and we was playing what was between our ears. We was on our very, very mm-hmm. last leg, brother. That's why Pittsburgh was able to do what they were able to do. It wasn't because if we would have been – Two years earlier, it wouldn't have even been a fight. What about and then this this will be uh, our last thing on that. But uh, but do you feel like if Switzer doesn't come in, or not even put it on Switzer, but if Jimmy Johnson doesn't leave, do you? Because I've talked to Michael Irvin about this, and and he four. says we should have won four, four in a row. You, you agree? Not, with that? not in a, maybe not in a row. And see, this is what people don't want to admit is maybe I wouldn't have been there for the last Super Bowl. Hmm. Maybe it, because Jimmy was going to keep it young. He was going to keep young guys rolling through. He was going to keep young guys rolling through his defense. And Philadelphia yeah. wanted you yeah. in free agency. Yeah, that, they, that. they was making a, gr- a great effort to try to get me. So, it, 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 and that's what it was. We got old quick. I mean, we didn't gradually get old. It was bam. One day we woke up and all of us was like, oh, my God. Yeah, you God. weren't 21 it when wasn't, Johnson it wasn't the game that killed. It was the partying in Dallas that killed us. <laughs> you went to Iguana Mirage too much. That's oh, my did. God, man. And the things that we would do. It was uh, – now, listen. I know it was fun. It was it, – I mean, fun. like, could I not – It was it, the next level. Is it level. too much for me to, like, to fathom? If you – if we sat here for 45 minutes, I said, just give me your five best stories about – the debauchery. I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't be able to fathom that other is human beings get ready? it. I mean, I'm, I ain't gonna talk about the yeah, it's the, it. We can't go R-rated, unfortunately. <laughs> I'd love to hear it though. Maybe yeah. off the. Maybe when the show stops. But I man, know I'd a love few of these stories. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, oh, I, listen, wow. uh, real quick, then let's let's keep it G-rated, right. a, except for Cowboys fans. Tony Romo. Do you like him? Does he can he win a Super Bowl? Because talk about old. He's 34 now. I like him. I like him. Do I love him? No, because. Jerry would not allow you to love him because they have not given him the proper tools hmm. around him. So you, you can't – everything is blamed on the quarterback. Everything, whether you, whether you want to blame it on him or not, everything is blamed on the quarterback. And I, like I said, I like Tony, but they, they would not allow you. And I, and I don't like to bring up the owner's name because he was great to Nate. Mm-hmm. He was great to Nate. But you, you have to – Jason Witten is not enough. Tight ends don't win Super Bowls. Tight end allows you to get the Super Bowls. You need great outside receivers. Dez is just coming into his own. We got a young kid from Baylor, you know, who, who, who's, who's shown some promise. We've gotten rid of Miles Austin, so we need a third receiver. Our running back, good as he is, has not been healthy. Last year he played the most games, I think, 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, our line, middle linebacker, uh, LaShawn. Uh, Sean Sean Lee. Sean Lee. He, whoa, as good as he is, can't stay healthy having given us 15 Mm. games. Let me say this, and you can can do the numbers. You can be hurt early, but you can't be hurt late. You have to give at least anywhere from 12, I want to say 12, 13, 13 to 13 to 14 14 games. You have to give your team as a starter. You can miss two or three games – you can't miss them at the end of the year. That's the Cowboys. Check them out. Mm-hmm. Everybody's hurt at the beginning of the year. Get healthy and make a run. Cowboys be healthy at the beginning of the year. At the end right. of the year, they lose everything. That's, that's right. You can't do it like that. You can't win. All right. Well, listen, don't be surprised if they continue to have uh, bad health if Nate Newton doesn't uh, take over one of the guard spots in 2014. Do yeah, it. It'd be cool I to see. Won. I got one play. 
What is and it? That's towards the end of the bench, baby, because I ain't got no more love. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then if we get into one of these debaucherous parties, then at least I want to be there for that. Okay. Yeah, you, I, I invite you, man. You got to change shirts, though. Why? I mean, again, with the shirt, so what? It is a little bit. I mean, it looks so like wash, but. Oh, you, got a, you got a shirt for radio, because we had that on TV, and we'll all be off there. All right. Listen, you've proven to be every bit the delight that John Madden told me you were. Right. And everybody, you've been here on NFL uh, Network uh, Total Access all week long talking about the great Dallas Cowboys teams that you were a part of in the 90s. And uh, those people all said, boy, this Nate Newton's terrific. You got to kibitz with him on the podcast. And I'm glad we did. What a pleasure to meet you. If only you would admit that Super Bowl 30 should have gone the other way. Then it would really be perfect. Update your, update your room, man. You got old guys. I know. We're going to put a Tom to Rafferty get, yeah. picture up here. <laughs> no, that's right. You get up there. Maybe we have to put a Nate Newton up here. That'd, That'd be, be good. great. Thank you um, for having me. All right, there he goes. The great Nate Newton. Thanks, uh, and what a pleasure to meet you. I want to hear more about those stories. Though. That's what we got to do is, mm-hmm. is, is hear more you about You do. Nate's. Trust me, you do. <laughs> but won't they make me sad for my life? My, I didn't get to have those stories, so then I'll be sad I didn't get to experience them myself. Well, i tell you what, man. Dallas in the mid-'90s was uh, – it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was. It sounds like New York Mets of the 80s. Um the Steelers of the 70s, there's some pretty good tales about them. I'm just telling you that the, the, the city, the economy was recovering. There were so many bars and clubs that were springing up. I was becoming of age at that time. And, you you know, we're talking about dynasties, Dave, and there's always something that, you know, with the Steelers, uh, 1980, when they were trying to do it, they had so many injuries that they ran into. And a lot of what Nate's talking about, you know, that, that all those guys were getting to be, you know, 30-something years old. Well, one of the injuries that killed the Cowboys was a young guy, Eric Williams, getting in a car accident because he was the dominant offensive lineman in pro football. If if Eric Williams hadn't gotten hurt, and everyone agrees about this from Dallas players, media, it wouldn't be Larry Allen that everyone's talking about. It'd be Eric Williams. But he hurt his knee uh, after a night out, and uh, that really, really hurt them. I hear you, but I stand by what I said from a distance. I can I can say this. Listen, if Jimmy Johnson just stays there, they win – there, I, I don't think you. It's that's, possible. That's the fun, the or the or the compelling aspect. The NFL, as, as we go back with no, when we go back to when we look at these five dynasties, you can you can find the chink in the armor everywhere there about like there's there's a spot where you can say right exactly there's a flashpoint for each of these dynasties where you say here's how it could have been a little bit longer and here's how it could have been worse. You could do that on both sides. Neil O'Donnell doesn't throw those terrible picks. The Cowboys only have two Super Bowls. Conversely, Jimmy Johnson never leaves. The Cowboys are the greatest dynasty ever, the 90s Cowboys, because they probably win four out of five, and that would be, you know, that would be unprecedented. So they're the best. On the other hand, you go to the 80s, to the 80s Niners. Maybe if Bill Walsh sticks around there. Maybe if Montana doesn't hurt his elbow against the Giants in the 89 playoff game and miss two seasons, maybe they don't decide, let's go full on to Steve Young. If they stick with Joe Montana when he comes back, maybe they win a couple extra Super Bowls there. Roger Craig doesn't fumble in that 1990 championship. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh of the 70s, of course, everybody will hold up. 1976 is their best team or or their best defense at least. But, of course, Rocky Blyer and Franco Harris are hurt for the game against uh, the Raiders, and and so they lose that game, and the Raiders win Super Bowl twelve. The Steelers win that. If they have five out of six, then, of course, they're the best team of all time. Four, and I'll just say this. 
The Patriots are admirable because of their ability to constantly move on. That's a tough racket. To, You're talking about in the cap era? It, yes. In the cap era, it's tough for the Cowboys, but they had that core. But this Patriots dynasty is remarkable. I don't even know if it's an active one when you haven't won a Super Bowl in nine years, but they're always playoff relevant at least, so it's, it's impressive stuff. But again, it's primarily about Belichick and Brady. It's not about this this uh, team-wide um, mm-hmm. you know, stability. It's about those two guys and all the moving parts around it, which, again, is to be commended. On the other hand, Pittsburgh's is to be commended because they, fa- they, they established that foundation and then rode that for the entire 70s. The reason I would say, and I'm a homer, absolutely, I, I uh, concede that I'm a homer, and it's, it's razor thin, the difference. But the reason I say the Steelers are the greatest dynasty of all time is because if you extend it beyond in just the Super Bowl era, if I say what are the greatest, give me the 10 greatest dynasties of the Super Bowl era, you're also going to include in that group the 70s Dolphins and the 70s Cowboys and maybe the 70s Raiders. I mean, that's the, the second five mm-hmm. there. The Steelers still were head and shoulders above those teams. So that's the reason. It's it's the competition. It was a top-heavy league at that point. There were five or seven or eight really good teams, and then the rest were direct. And every, every January, the good teams would butt heads with each other. And more often than not, the Steelers finished it standing atop the mountain. The Niners had to go through some good No, I get, I get what you're Giants saying. Giants teams and some good you're making the Beatles Bears argument. teams, right? You're making the Beatles argument. But you're in the, the Super Bowl, this... they the, we, the the difference too is when the Niners would get to the Super Bowl, who was there waiting for them? The Bengals? I, you're making the Beatles argument. They had the Stones and the Who to contend with and yet they were still number 1. That's my I, that's I, my I, argument. I get it. So I'm just going to make a case for two dynasties. One, the Packers I don't believe in blaming a team for playing who's on their schedule and whipping them. You know, Green Bay played who was on their schedule, and they went 9-1 and one in the playoffs. You know, would Green Bay in their prime have beaten Pittsburgh in their prime? I think they could have because they would have put, beaten Pittsburgh at their own game in a lot of ways. Now, does that mean that they were better? I, I don't know. I would take the 62 Packers over any team in NFL history, period. Uh, for the 90s Cowboys, I'll make this case. The Patriots get a lot of credit for for solving the salary cap issues. But you know what? When the Patriots went on that little run where they won three out of four, the salary cap had been around for eight years. Now you have capologists, and you have guys, assistant GMs, who their job is to determine what the financial future is of the team and make decisions. When the Cowboys got hit by the cap, nobody knew how to do with, deal with the salary cap. Nobody knew what was going to happen. That Cowboys team got absolutely cannibalized. I'll go with the, one of the pit guys to lose Stepnoski. Huge, huge loss at center. You know, I mean, the Cowboys team just kept losing player after player after player. And I just don't think they were as equipped to deal with it the way the Patriots because they didn't have the study time. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. So so your final rankings go, 60s Packers. One. Pit seven, I took 70 Steelers, too, because to me, the very definition, we talked about this before we went on the air, it depends on how you define a dynasty. And to me, it's taking the same nucleus of guys, building it through the draft, and winning as much, squeezing it dry, right? Mm-hmm. Who did that better than the 70 Steelers? 22 guys we came up with that played in all four Super Bowls. They were number three, or number two. I took Dallas number three. Dallas really had two dynasties. They played in five Super Bowls, had 20 straight winning seasons. Then they came back in the 90s. I have the 49ers at four. The Niners went like 20 years or 18 years or something and had one losing season. That's true. Dallas went 20. Hmm. Uh, And the other thing, the problem with the Niners, and look, we're we're 
splitting hairs here. It's hard to disparage any of these teams. But the year after they won the Super Bowl in 16, I think there's been a little bit of revisionist history. It's like they went on this dominant run. False. The next year was a strike. They went 3-6. and six. Yeah, but that is their one bad year. They don't just go have winning records. They have double-digit wins, I think, in like something like 16 or 18 straight years. True. Again, it has less to do, though, with top-to-bottom quality. It has to do with Joe Montana's greatness and Bill Walsh. The uh, the innovator, and that's not discrediting either one of them. But I don't know if that if you call that a dynasty because you know they start out with Wendell Wendell uh, Tyler in the backfield, mm-hmm. or not even Wendell Tyler in the for the in sixteen he wasn't in the. Backfield oh, they had the worst group of backs in worst, the history of the league. Earl Cooper, uh, as right? As far as winning, Earl Super- Cooper, I believe, Cooper, was their starting Ricky running Patton. back. Yeah, bums. Not uh, uh, not exactly. I think Linville Elliott. Those, yep. those were their backs. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So, anyway, I, my, I go Steelers. Big surprise that I would go with that one. But it's interesting stuff, and you can check it out at NFL.com, EH ranking those uh, those five dynasties. And really, like you say, splitting hairs with all of them once you start debating them because you really can find a play or two or a decision or two that could make it. Oh, they, they absolutely could have won two or three more each in each case, or they could have absolutely lost uh, one or two more and not really. They could have been more of a footnote in this conversation. Right, and the, and the Cowboys and Patriots are still the only teams to win three out of four, and, and that's a heck of a run. The best team, real quick, and then we'll wrap it up here, is I, this is a conversation for another time probably, but let's just start it real here with, our, with, with a quick answer. I say the greatest team to never win a Super Bowl, it's it's – Amazing that it's not that I'm not going to say the Buffalo Bills here, but they're a great answer. The early '90s Bills with Jim Kelly and uh, Thurman Thomas and that great group. Maybe that is the correct answer. Maybe I'm making it more difficult than I need to because you could also go with the Vikings. They play in those three and a couple moving parts, but Fran Tarkenton's Vikings, let's say, and that great defensive front. I love those San Diego. I don't love them, but those San Diego Chargers. I was never a fan of theirs, but. Uh, I retract the I love them but I think that team I don't they were snake bitten man they really they had it rough late 70s early 80s they were dominant you know they were one of those offenses sort of the way people talk and swoon over Peyton Manning and the mm-hmm. 2013 Broncos if you accept that there are rules changes that have made the numbers exponentially greater than what Dan Fouts put up that's what that was they were just an unstoppable offensive uh, group and I can't believe that they never even played in the Super Bowl let alone one one they didn't even get the one right I, you know for me the best team that I've seen in my lifetime did not win a Super Bowl well they won the year before but the 83 Redskins getting beat by the Raiders like they did you know that that 83 Redskins team was amazing but if you're going to take a whole era of a team like you're taking the early I'm 80s saying Chargers never won. yeah, yeah. If you're just going straight talent, just talent, looking at the roster, the late 80s, early uh, early 90s Oilers, I mean, they were loaded. They were loaded with talent. How that team never was able to put it together. If I just started rolling off the names, you know, it's amazing to think about. Well, they, they're they two best. They got knocked down by the uh, by the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a, That was within their own division. The Steelers had to overcome that team before they even moved on to play the Raiders and the Broncos and then the Cowboys and these Super Bowls against these, uh, the Dolphins, these Titanic teams. All right, listen, EH, exceptional stuff as always. I feel like this was a good podcast. Give it a grade behind the glass there, what, Ty? I was impressed. I liked the chat with Hawk. I thought that was great. Love the passion from Newton. Uh, I, I got to give it a chance to get even better. So what, A minus, B plus? I see. All right. Does that work? B plus. Go ride a bus, why don't you? Creep. Done enough of that. <laughs>
Um, so that's done for you? That's in the rear view mirror? No more bus riding? Oh, no, it's, it's, it's possible. It could be in the future. Can we call him Negative Nancy Ty? Negative that t- Nancy that take Ty. It's clunky, but let's do it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, sour I don't tie. like yeah. that, Elliot. Not at all. Um, all right, listen. Thanks to uh, whatever we're calling him uh, behind the glass, Ty, and to EH and to Nate Newton and to AJ Hawk, um, I guess I'll be making a – uh, appearance on his new podcast at some point soon. That's Looking cool. forward to that. Um, and uh, be on the lookout because early next week, there's a lot of good stuff coming up there. I had conversations with a bunch of NFL guys asking them very important questions. I talked to some really good guys, Colin Kaepernick, Adrian Peterson, Patrick Peterson, Alfred Morris, um, really a, 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 a rainbow of stars. And uh, we had a good time kibitzing with a whole bunch of these guys. That's going to be up at NFL.com for you very soon. As is EH and I and our pal Daniel Jeremiah. We're doing something very fun with the draft that I think will be up early next week. So be on the lookout for that as well, plus some other foolish videos. And uh, like I say, at uh, NFL.com currently, Elliot Harrison's work is there on these dynasties. So uh, be on the lookout for all that stuff. And we'll be back next week with more hooey and applesauce. Enjoy the Final Four. Enjoy your baseball. And enjoy the never-ending excitement that is pro football. We'll be back with more hooey and applesauce later on. In the meantime, thanks so much for that, friends. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrict Apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.